Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, I'm Gemma and welcome to another episode of Good Influence. This is the podcast where I welcome our guests to discuss their experiences, answer your questions and teach us something new. This week we're talking about body confidence and fat phobia, confidence versus neutrality, the impact of the media that we grow up with and the importance of seeing ourselves reflected on screen. So joining me this week is Laura Adlington. Laura is a podcaster hosting self-love podcast Go Love Yourself alongside co-host and friend Lauren Smith. Laura reached the finals of the Great British Bake Off in 2020 and ever since has used her platform to discuss plus-size representation, discrimination, fashion and body image. So we're going to talk about body confidence today. Tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of how did you how did you come to talk about that for the most part? So I grew up fat. I think I've always been fat like since the age of 8. I've always really struggled um with my weight and I thought that I was kind of alone in that sense uh, if I'm being really honest. I felt quite isolated. Um, being like the fat friend and being bullied and like finding it hard to buy clothes and then I went on the bake-off like a few years ago I was started mm. to get into baking loads and decided I would give it a go and it was kind of on the back of that really that I was getting like messages from women just so it was saying like it started off with like oh what dress were you wearing or you know I really like your outfit and then conversations started to kind of open up around like being in a bigger body and being on TV and like representation. And, and then I started to have these conversations with people online and I realized that I wasn't alone. And some of the things I was posting about, like whether it was just, I don't know, like wearing something that was like more colorful because I used to live in like black and baggy clothes. Mm -hmm. Um, And it seemed to just really like resonate with people. And I think it might sound a bit cheesy, but like people were saying, oh, you're really helping me. And then that kind of, that helped, me like to kind of know to know that I was kind of helping others um and um I really hate the word journey I don't know why it just makes me want to bomb in my mouth but um (laughs) I've definitely been on a bit of a like a body confidence journey over like the last few years and have like come to a place of acceptance now and just kind of I like the way I feel about my body is like you know when like you miss the dustbin and you're like oh for fuck's sake oh well like that's kind of how like I feel a bit about my body and I think coming to a place of like body neutrality rather than like oh I must love myself and how I look every day which I don't think is realistic Um, Mm and I think making peace with my body has has definitely been like I think one of the greatest things like I've ever done I mean amazing like I mean I love love that for you obviously if that's that's been something that's more recent and something different was it something that you really talked about a lot in general kind of before Bake Off like even in 
your personal life was it something that you would have talked a lot about or was it really kind of people coming to you and saying you know can we can we talk about this that made you you realize that you wanted to yeah I think it it really was that I think before um I'm not saying that I was like a wallflower but I I kind of wanted to like hide in the background a little bit I kind of felt like I always needed to apologize for being in a bigger body and that I should just kind of like hide away and I think that's quite common for people that are in any kind of like marginalized bodies that you sort of feel like the need to apologize for existing. And there's a kind of notion in the fat activism movement called like being the good fatty as in like you kind of overcompensate a lot. And I think Mm. that I definitely was someone that did that. And it's really only in recent years when I've sort of like listened to like some really great podcasts, read some amazing books and learned from like some fat activists and some other kind of body confidence people uh, that I really kind of have started to have more conversations and be a bit more like daring and bold and kind of be like feeling that it's okay to take up space how is that kind of because I mean I love doing podcasting and that kind of thing and actually I mean if there was if there was one show that you think like oh that would be really fun to do it probably would be Bake Off for me but equally (laughs) the thought the thought of being on tv to me like brings me out in hives Mm. I just I don't think I could do it how did you find that that had like the impact on sort of bringing you forward in that sort of confidence journey because I I feel like they're ha- like people who are on tv to me have to have like a certain kind of confidence to begin yes. with so yeah. how did that sort of like translate and become useful I th- I'm exactly the same as you like I don't know how people do it and I I kind of I like I really don't like reality tv like I always found it like made me feel really bad about myself like the love island real housewives all of that like I I really don't go in for things like that but I like I've loved Bake Off since it first came out well probably more like series two and I used to rush home from work on a Tuesday and either stock up on like pre-made goodies or the things to make them for that week and I've just Mm -hmm. always loved Bake Off and then about I don't know like four or five seasons in and it was only really then I was like started to get into baking and it sort of became a bit of an obsession and then I made my mum a a cake for her 50th birthday because I had fuck all money and I was like I can't spend 150 pounds on a cake like Mm. now like I know what goes into it and they're absolutely worth that but at the time I was like what made a cake and it honestly looked like it had been dropped Gemma it was awful um (laughs) and it was after that I was like right I'm gonna teach myself so anyway taught myself but I was really nervous about going on Bake Off because I didn't know what the reaction would be and I almost didn't do it because I was really worried that I was going to get loads of abuse um about my weight and like the kind of you know generic stuff and I remember the first thing I read about myself it was like a Kent Online article like local girl does good gets on bake off whatever and I was like oh Mm. that's nice and the first comment was looks like she's been eating all the practice bakes and then the second comment under that was and everyone else's and like it really broke my heart because I was like oh god I should not have done this this is awful and I hate that it's yeah it's nasty isn't it like it's not it's so unnecessary people are dicks but um I'm so glad I did it because it was like it was really out of my comfort zone and um I've like tried to do a bit of tv since then and to be honest with you it's like same it's not it's not for me it brings me out in hives I think Mm. I'll take my hat off to people that do it I think the only way that you can do it when it's not something like as pure as bake-off is to like put on a bit of a show or persona maybe which is maybe what I kind of try to do but I don't it's not for me (laughs) That is funny you say kind of like put on a 
persona sort of thing because that's I think quite often how I think about confidence in terms of like trying to build confidence is that sort of fake it till you make it kind of cliche like do you Mm. where you think back now to where you started trying to kind of improve your own confidence levels and get to that more towards that kind of neutrality place that you were talking about how did you actually start to try and do that like are there practical things now that you you can think back and see that you did I think I think a lot of it comes with age um and just giving like less of a fuck about what other people think about you Mm -hmm. um and I think also like I like this might sound really cheesy but I kind of like started to realize my worth a little bit after like kind of having that like I don't know five minutes of fame whatever on the bake-off and then people being really nice and stuff and um I've got like a really lovely like loyal following like on Instagram and it's not like it's not like defines me or anything but it's just it does feel like a really lovely community so I'm really grateful personally that I had that but other things I did was like kind of doing a lot of research about like diet culture for example and Mm -hmm. like why we're all made to feel like crap about ourselves and actually kind of rebelling against that um and then even things like kind of creating my social media so I don't follow people that are on Love Island and it's no disrespect to them because like I'm sure they're lovely and they look amazing in a bikini but it doesn't make me feel good about myself Mm. so I don't like do that and even with like friends like if I had like fat phobic friends or like I just kind of like phase them out or cut them out and sort of did things like that really but I think it is like a it is like an internal thing like and it's something that I think all of us have to work on like continuous it's not not like you get to a point and you go that's it I'm confident now like I can sort of yeah stop like it is like an ongoing thing isn't it definitely yeah I think that's I think that's kind of a universal thing isn't it like we all we all think of these big things that we want to achieve into like you know whether it is being more confident or I don't know taking up hobbies or, or something like that and we always think everything's really linear and actually it never is like every day is not the same and it's not like you just get to the end of a journey even though you hate that word <laughs> and, then, and then that's it and you're done it's just not how it works is it um no exactly yeah so let's talk about go love yourself the podcast how because obviously we've talked a little bit already about you know how you kind of found your audience and and your own personal sort of oh god I'm gonna say it again journey um <laughs> but let's talk about the podcast um because this is really more about, you know, encouraging self-love in other people, right? So tell us a bit about that. Yeah, the, the, the podcast is a, like a real passion project of, of mine. Um, started it last January, my best friend Lauren. Um, we met, we used to work together on a comms team. And we kind of started the podcast thinking like, well, if one person listens to it and it makes them feel a bit better, then we've kind of done our job and really it was just about that it was about empowering women to feel good about themselves it was kind of a a safe space um to talk about things that we don't necessarily sort of talk about with our friends especially if you don't have any like fat friends so like me and Lauren are both plus size and we kind of come at it from the angle of being plus size talking about things like fashion how hard it is to buy nice clothes or even sustainable clothes when you're in a bigger body um things like chairs because like theater seats can be like a like complete nightmare and don't get me started on those horrible little like plastic white barbecue chairs that appear at every family function mm-hmm. um and then we talk about like loads of different things and even like things like 
self-love like as in they are the kind of self-love you know like that but also like mm-hmm. being in relationships and again like I said about being like the good fatty and it's like I think a lot of women that are that are bigger feel like they're unworthy of like love and friendships and a good job and stuff and I think that that's not surprising considering like the world we live in it's very hard to love yourself in a world that doesn't love you back mm-hmm. so the podcast really was is just about us having a chat and hoping it helps people we have some really incredible guests on we talk about things like binge eating anxiety um you name it basically we talk about it and the response to it I have to say has just been incredible like more than we ever thought it would be um and it's really lovely and also a bit daunting to like think that is actually really helping people Mm. yeah that's amazing I was gonna I was gonna ask you kind of what the what the response to it was because because I imagine it's the kind of thing where it's it's obviously so amazing to kind of be that resource for people but then I feel like to me that sort of thing is always like twinged with the tiniest bit of sadness because you're like you wish Mm. that people didn't need yeah like you wish that it wasn't revolutionary if you know what I mean like yeah you wish people didn't have to feel like that in the first place oh massively and I think it's also been really almost like therapy for me and Lauren like in I think episode two we wrote letters to our bodies and oh wow I came from it at the angle of, like I said, I've always been in a bigger body. Lauren had has put on weight in later life, more recently through a trauma. Um, and so, and I've also been dealing with like infertility for like five, six years. So I was talking about that as well as being in a bigger body. And Lauren was talking about how to kind of deal with the fact that she gets treated so differently now. Everything from like mm. friendships to dating is like, like it's almost like she said, it's like a different world. So it can be like, quite sad some of it it's not all doom and gloom people be like oh great but um it's not all doom and gloom and I think actually us being vulnerable has really helped people and like nearly every day I get messages from people saying I wore a swimsuit at the pool by the day today on holiday because of you I had one this morning from a woman saying I asked for a seatbelt extender on a plane for the first time and like I've I've been dreading it but you posted Mm. about it on your stories and it made me feel like it was normal so thank you um and that's really encouraging it's it's, I tell you what has sort of been a bit surprising for me with the response to the podcast is that we kind of aimed it at women like our age um, and a bit older and but the amount of women in their kind of mid 50s like plus that have kind of really resonated with it has been amazing and I think mm. that's because you know we forget they grew up in the kind of twiggy era and yeah. and I think diet culture was even more ingrained in them and as much as social media gets a bad reputation um, at least there is the kind of people calling out there's people like I really like Alex Light for what she's doing and like calling out the like the kind of bullshit yeah. around that. Um we they didn't have that. So I think that they just felt like they had to permanently be on a diet. My mom even said to me, um, we like uh, we had used to have a bit of a complex relationship around the whole diet thing because she was always on a diet and it used to really piss me off. And mm. so I she listened to the podcast and she sat down like I think about a year ago and she said to me, Laura, your podcast is really helping me. And I was like, what? And it really made me cry. And she was like, yeah, because I just thought I always had to be on a diet. And it's made me realize I, like I don't. Um, I can be healthy and focus on other health things, but weight is not the only factor of health. And I was like, hallelujah. God, yeah, that's amazing. I mean, to be able to have that impact, like on obviously someone like as important to you as your mum as well, like mm. must be amazing. I think it is, it is such a good point because I think 
Yeah, we do look back and I mean, the ones that always stand out to me are like the 90s ones where you look at the, oh. the magazines because like that's that's the the decade that I was like a child in. Mm. And you did, you know, like see all the, all the magazines and things and all the, oh, I mean, just the horrendous stuff, like them weighing people on TV, like yeah. after they'd had a child, like all, all of these just awful things. Awful. But actually, that's, it's, it's a good point to bring up that I feel like every generation kind of feels like they have it the worst mm. with all this kind of stuff. So like, I would look back at that and be like, oh, that was, that was a horrendous time. And, you know, maybe more kind of gen Gen Z would think, well, you know, we've grown up with social media, which is obviously just its own beast yeah. to contend with. Yeah, but actually, yeah, when you look at the slightly older generations, it's not only that, well, they've just been dealing with it for so much longer. Mm. Yeah. Is, is the thing and then no one was talking about it for so much longer it must be actually quite a lot harder to let go of yeah because you can curate your social media feed mm-hmm. but they were sort of like fed it for want of a better word in like magazines and on tv so they were just sold yeah. that as like gospel and like you said they've had it they've had it around for much longer and I think that I think we still live in quite a fat phobic society but I think that it has gotten better mm. I think what happens now is people just say it behind closed doors but um I think yeah they grew up with you know and like yeah like things like super size versus super skinny the biggest loser like tv shows like that magazines with how to lose 48 pounds in 10 days like they just were not (laughs) not helpful I mean and I think it's it's a good thing because now it's kind of I listen to that and I'm like can you believe that people did that but I mean they Mm. did and you absolutely can and some people are still trying to do that but even the fact that now we can look at it and be like can you believe that was so acceptable on some level means that now it's less acceptable, which is a good thing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I feel like we are getting better, like as a sort of, as I say, as a society and seeing more representation. And I think representation is so important because like when we don't sort of see ourselves represented, we kind of like that invisibility is like a statement and we Mm. kind of equate it with like undesirability. And so you know, a lot of people go, oh, it's, it's, it's gone, t- you know, it's gone too far. I, I don't agree with that. I don't think it has, as long as it's not tokenistic, which is one of my biggest bugbears. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really great now that we're seeing like so much diversity in terms of like bodies and skin colors. And when we don't like see ourselves represented, then we kind of can't help but associate that like sort of invisibility with like undesirability. Yeah. I was going to ask you about this, about the kind of representation as a topic how do you kind of see that translated into because you know I feel like it's quite it's quite easy to understand the idea of you know people being able to see themselves is a good thing representation is a good thing but in Mm. terms of your kind of community and the conversations that you're having a lot of the time like with a lot of different people how do you think it actually affects people as individuals? Like if we're talking about plus size people as this particular group, how how does it actually affect people day to day? I think it affects us. I think it's something that maybe we don't kind of think about until we kind of talk about it or we kind of get people like Lizzo, for example, mm-hmm. on our TV screens um, and in our ears that we kind of go, oh, okay, this, like, I'm feeling something. But I think for like a really long time, you know, fat people were 
really the kind of like on TV and in films and sort of TV shows in particular, really like the butt of the joke or like the the mother, the maternal figure or like the, the, the friend. And it's funny you watch kind of things now, like even like friends, like why was Monica a completely different person when she was bigger like it doesn't really make yeah. sense so when you kind of see that growing up you kind of can't help but feel like you are the butt of the joke that you are mm-hmm. unlovable that no one wants to be friends with you or whatever um and then when I see people like Lizzo at the Brits like I did recently like I actually felt really emotional and like my husband Matt turned to me and he was like look at your face he was like you are smiling from ear to ear and I was like that's so nice yeah because I said imagine imagine the difference having seen her and all of her amazing dancers like growing up what what that would have like meant um and even he said like my husband's big and tall and he said to me he was like same same mm. um and I think that it's not just for women as well because I think like you know like they also have like these kind of massive expectations in terms of like you know body size and penis size and tight I think is a big one for men as well um but yeah just like back on the representation thing like I think it's really important I love that we're seeing more of it now um more diversity I think that it can make huge differences I think sometimes the difficulty is that people will be like oh you're promoting obesity and that's Mm. really frustrating because it's like no I'm just existing and I think that that is the one thing that makes me really, really cross actually is when people say that. Cause it's like, I'm not going out at a weekend handing out bloody flyers. Am I saying to people yeah. like have 10 pizzas? Like, like, do you know <laughs> what I mean? Like join the obesity club. Like I'm not, you know, trying to hound people to do it. It's just about literally, it's just about I exist and I deserve yeah. love and respect just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. And I think that when you see people that look like you, not only like doing like normal things, but like doing great things like Lizzo. Like it's really, really empowering. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Every week, my guest and I will be answering your questions, and the first one comes in from Claire Marie, who says... I can look at other women and celebrate their bodies, whatever those bodies look like, without really having to think about it. Yet I still feel incapable of looking at my own body and not picking it apart. Why is it so hard for me to believe that other people don't judge me for what my body looks like when I know I don't judge others? Do you have any tips for getting over that mental hurdle? First of all, I would just say that that is incredibly common. I think Mm. that we often will pick ourselves apart and we can see a lot of beauty in the diversity of other people 
um i think that oh yeah first of all like you are not alone that is like so so common i think really it comes down to like you kind of knowing your own self-worth and building up your own self-confidence because i think that it's really hard not to look at other people and be like oh i wish i had like those boobs that legs like no cellulite like them like it's it is very difficult especially I think in the world of like social media where we do compare ourselves but I think if like me personally like I said to you about curating your social media feed I think is like a really really important one because I think like I always have the philosophy right of if I follow people I think would well, I go for a pint with you and if the answer is no then I don't like follow you follow good people follow people that look like you but make, mm-hmm. and that people that don't look like you as well and I think it's really like just like baby steps because it's really hard, like the whole body confidence journey thing. It doesn't happen overnight, but like definitely like self-kindness, compassion and empathy for yourself and trying to sort of like do things that make you feel good. Um, so things like I always say, like creating your wardrobe is a, another night, like really nice one to do, like having like a capsule wardrobe. So you open your wardrobe every day and you feel good about things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then positive affirmations as well. Like they sound a bit wanky, right? And they're not for everyone. But just, I think so often, right, we are our own worst critic and our own worst enemy and the negative self-talk gets in, right? The more you kind of allow it to get in, like it's going to be even harder like to reverse it. So even if you can just practice saying like one kind or nice thing like to yourself every day. Um, And I also will just add on that, that I really honestly, I cannot stress how how much I've sort of taken from the whole body neutrality approach rather than like, oh, I've got to love myself and how I look. Mm -hmm. So rather than like looking at yourself and picking yourself apart, like focus on what your body can do for you rather than what it looks like. So you know what, my legs are chunky and they've like got loads of cellulite, but they mean I can like walk my dog every day and Mm -hmm. like that makes me really happy. That kind of thing I think really, really helps. Yeah, I think that is good advice. And I think, yeah, it's, it's also one of those things that I feel like when we look at other people it it's so much more fleeting like we spend so much more time looking at ourselves and with ourselves like Mm. that you kind of you know you get to notice like every tiny single little part and that's not how you interact with other people so like no I think that is if you're kind of being really hard on yourself for you know treating yourself differently and not being able to instantly yeah be like be as positive in the same way like it it is a different relationship that you have with yourself and like I think those were some great ways and great advice for like how you build that relationship that you just gave but but equally yeah I would say like don't don't beat yourself up for that at all because it's it's not exactly the same thing and that's why it's harder yeah no one's as critical of you as you are no one Mm -hmm. sees like the blackheads on your nose like like you do with the mirror when you're like glass no one cares either (laughs) next question is from jess who says what would you say to people who are against fast fashion but fail to understand that a lot of brands that are sustainable don't cater to those who are plus sized it's a very good question uh slash point i think that um it is a really like a really good thing obviously to shop sustainably and I think that we should all try and do that if we can however the options when you are plus size are honestly so 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 limited and shopping sustainably really is a luxury I have to say when you are in a bigger body so Mm -hmm. I think that we can be mindful of it and maybe avoid places like 
Sheehan, for example, if we can. Mm -hmm. But I also think that we have to look at it from an affordability point of view. And a lot of people can't afford to buy sustainable clothing. So I think that... (sighs) What I would say is I think if you can, if you have the means to shop sustainably, then I think that, you know, do that. Um, but I will say that I think that we have a hard enough time as it is to buy clothes. So maybe don't beat yourself up too much about it because it's really hard. Yeah, it is really hard. And that is like, I mean, I'm somebody who talks a lot about sustainable fashion. Like yeah. it's something I'm really interested in. But equally, it is, it's one of those things where... You know, I'm very aware that in this in this situation, like that, that isn't a particular difficulty that I have. Therefore, my job in that scenario is to shut up and listen to people who are telling you what it is like for them. I do think, personally, I think there's still there's still a kind of middle ground that could be reached in terms mm. of. I think it's it's partly to do with. I mean, obviously, the the huge issue is the accessibility. I still think there's a bit of an area where what what we really need to be moving away from with with everyone shopping. And that's, you know, whether you are shopping at quote unquote sustainable brands or wherever you are shopping, it's the kind of the quantity for a lot of people. Yeah. So I think if you're kind of if you're having those conversations, go back to Jess's question and, you know, people are trying to trying to nitpick and undermine your shopping habits based on accessibility points that they don't understand what I would say is kind of bring it try and bring it back to stuff that we can all be doing like Mm. you know maybe reducing how much shopping you're doing overall kind of not trying to shop in in a in a whole kind of sense but yeah catering to what you need and kind of yeah I would say like bring it back to a point that you can like include everyone in and rather than yeah putting any putting any of that extra kind of blame back on on certain groups who are just chopping the best way that they can exactly and I think a lot of responsibility has to be on the brands rather than so much like the consumer oh I agree but you're absolutely right I think that like when I buy something now I look at okay, like how many times am I going to wear that? Am I going to love it after two uses? Because if mm-hmm. like two wears, because if I'm not, I'm not going to buy it. Mm-hmm. Um, I do sometimes feel guilty um, about doing the hauls on like Instagram, but I think where I'm coming at it from a point of like plus size fashion, like I, 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 I tend to not sort of go with the fast fashion brands and then people moan at me for things being too expensive. I kind of mm-hmm. feel like I can't win, but basically what I'm just trying to do is show you don't have to be like fat and frumpy and this is how you can style certain things. Um, but I think, yeah, definitely as a, like a person who like who loves clothes, I, I definitely am trying to get more wear out of things. And like I said, I, thought, I think capture wardrobe is a, is a really great idea. So you can have like, just some staple items that you can like mix and match and things that you can wear like for years to come. That's why I'm not a big fan of trends anyway, um, because mm. they kind of come in and out of fashion. And I don't know, I don't, I, I think maybe I was just scarred from nineties fashion being back in none as well. I just can't cope with it, Gemma, but. <laughs> oh my God, same. It's, I just <laughs> can't. It. Like, oh. it's, so, yeah. it's probably how other people have felt for, for a long time with all like other trends coming in. But I, yeah. yeah, I just keep looking at, and to be honest, it's all the trends that are coming back in, which I didn't really even wear at the time because I just wasn't cool enough to wear them at the time. Because so, like, I, I yeah. wasn't like one of the popular girls at school. So I wasn't wearing the like super low slung jeans and all the like all 
oh, whatever people are wearing now. Yeah. Like, oh my god. So it's, it's kind of re-traumatizing. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I'm with you on that. Yeah. Um, I think the last thing I think I'll just to add on that is that I think that shopping secondhand is is a lot easier than that and a lot better now than it like it's better than it's ever been. Mm-hmm. So like there's loads of places like Vintage Depop or whatever, but um, I'm seeing a, a bigger increase, especially in like plus size availability. So I definitely check check that out um, as well as, a, as an option. Okay. Last question is from Colleen. He says, I was recently prescribed an anxiety medication from a doctor I've seen once before. And I'm pretty sure she only prescribed that specific one to me because on the side effects is weight loss slash lowered appetite. Even though I know about the pervasiveness of fat phobia, especially in the medical field, how can we continue to rise above it and take care of ourselves? Uh, it's a difficult one. And I think fat phobia in healthcare is something that happens universally, not just in this country. Um a lot of people say to me that they, you know they go to the doctor with an ear infection and they're like, well, have you just thought about losing weight? Um, and it, it, it's it's tricky and and it actually obviously it has adverse effects on the health because then they don't go to the doctors because they're mm-hmm. scared of being kind of fat shamed. I think where it comes to things like you know you might need a certain dosage because of your weight, like that's fine. But I think that um, it's really really tricky when I think doctors like kind of make that judgment um one thing that I have been sort of like looking into and I really like is the health at every size movement Mm -hmm. or haze for short um and it it, it's really important to say that it's not healthy at every size it's about health at every size so it's like an inclusive movement really that you know looks at the wider aspect of health because I think a lot of the time when we think about health we just think about weight and actually there's so much more to it than that and I think it's important to note that like weight can be a a factor in health when you look at kind of the extreme ends of like the scale Mm -hmm. and it's not to say that it doesn't actually impact you but we also need to look at things like mental health so for example if we're constantly dieting and restricting that's not going to be great for our mental health we need to look at things like sleep how much we go to the toilet each day like it's very nuanced and I think that that is often missing from a medical point of view the BMI is a very archaic uh, way of an outdated way of measuring people's health and I Mm -hmm. really feel very strongly that it's a load of bollocks that's my obviously professional (laughs) 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 quote me um so yeah I would just say to like don't avoid going to the doctor just because they're fat phobic dicks and also like yeah don't be afraid to advocate for yourself but I think it's time that we sort of start looking at health as a more holistic thing and not just focusing on weight so if you want to make improvements to your diet for example as in like what you're eating and you can exercise then you can look at things like intuitive movement intuitive eating and I think those things are probably gonna make you healthier in the long run because 95% of diets don't work that's just Mm. the reality so if you're in the five percent of people that it does work for then like honestly good for you but the majority of us have just yo-yoed and it they, it doesn't work. So I think it's really important that we look at something that is more sustainable and like focus on that really, focus on like eating when we're hungry and what's new, you know, 
some foods are more nutritional for the body and some foods are nutritional for the soul. And I think that we need to look at things like joyful movement, not just like punishing ourselves or looking at exercise to burn calories. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a long and it's a hard process to like reject diet culture mentality. But I think, yeah, I would just say to kind of try and steer away from that and focus on like your overarching health, like holistically rather than just weight. Yeah. Do you think in that particular situation, I mean, this is, I don't know if you'd have an answer for this, but do you think if you were in that situation and you felt like a a doctor, like a healthcare professional was the Mm. one who was being fat phobic. So say it was, you know, I think you've prescribed me this medication because do you think that you would go back to that doctor and kind of be like, can you actually tell me why it was this one? And was it to do with this? Or would you kind of move on and kind of ask a different doctor kind of like seek and seek a second opinion I think like the correct answer to is to kind of say like yes I would go back and I would advocate for myself but realistically like it's really hard to do that when you feel like someone's judging you so my I'm going to be really honest here and probably a bit vulnerable and say like it would probably put me off going back to that doctor and that's Mm. why we need to be having these conversations it's like this is slightly unrelated but I went for my smear recently something we should all obviously go and do Mm -hmm. and the nurse was like she wasn't rude but she made me feel really really uncomfortable and didn't put me at ease at all and Mm. obviously I'm still going to go back because I have to and whatever but it genuinely just really put me off and I think Mm. that it's not the first time that's happened either with the same nurse anyway um I think that yeah it's important that we have these conversations around like fat favoring healthcare so that like GPs have a lot of pressure I know but what we don't want is people dying from God knows what, because they didn't go to the doctors because they were worried about being fat shamed. We don't, we don't want that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I know I appreciate your honesty though. And it's kind of, that's kind of why I asked. Cause I think there is a lot of, you know, we're all trying to feel more confident and to be, you know, just be better and be more like evolved in these conversations. But I think in that kind of situation, it's the kind of thing where, yeah maybe a lot of advice would kind of be well no you need to need to confront them about this and need Mm. to talk about this but it's really hard to do and like I can from a a different but I guess kind of similar position like I've had like some truly awful healthcare interactions mental health related over the years that do Mm. kind of just make you you leave those situations and you think I can't trust these people I don't want to do this again but I think the fact that obviously in this in this question even kind of being aware that that's happening and being able to look at it as in like that doctor did the wrong thing as opposed to like yeah I don't know it's so tricky but I think no I I appreciate you kind of yeah talking about that because it's it is the importance of pushing through it and going back and yeah in this case what I would probably do too the my kind of version of advocating for myself would be seeing someone else not going back yeah. and having to have that conversation with that yeah, particular same. doctor yeah same and I think that's that's okay like I think sometimes like, people say to me like oh how are you so confident um and sometimes that can feel like a bit of a, like a backhanded compliment like how are you so confident like, your size but I do think confidence is like sometimes it like someone can appear to be really confident and they're like they're they're not or they've like we've all got our own insecurities haven't we Mm -hmm. and I think that like whatever our like size or our ability or like even like mental health whatever we we all got kind of confidence issues and I think 
you spoke right at the top of the like podcast about like fake it till you make it and I think we're all kind of doing that like I think even the most confident of people have insecurities and they maybe either just don't talk about them or they just like they're just very good at hiding them so Mm -hmm. I think it's important we know that like not everyone is like super confident and like we don't you almost like don't have to have that as a goal like it's okay to to like not be confident on be like a work in progress because I, I think we all are really aren't we if you want to know about opportunities to send in questions for upcoming guests then follow us on instagram or twitter at good gs or you can email the podcast at goodinfluencepod at gmail.com before you go i've got three things i ask every guest and so could you please recommend us something to read something to listen to and something to watch so i the first book that I ever read that kind of really helped me on my body confidence journey was a book by a comedian called Sophie Hagen. And mm-hmm. I just think they're brilliant. So funny. I laughed. I cried. The book is called Happy Fat. Uh, and Sophie talks about um, the experience of being in a bigger body. And it was really... Uh, you know, we talked about representation earlier. It was a a big thing for me to read that and to resonate with it so much. It had a really profound impact on me. So um, yeah, I definitely recommend that book. If you're interested in body confidence or you want to kind of like, I don't know, learn more about the kind of subject, then um, there's an amazing podcast called Maintenance Phase with a hero of mine called Aubrey Gordon. Uh, She's the co-host. Uh, she's a fat activist based in the US and I I just think she's brilliant. So the, the podcast is kind of like our podcast, Go Love Yourself, is more like a magazine style, but more kind of chatty. They go really hard on sort of stuff. It's very well researched, very articulate, big fan of that. Um, and then <laughs> this is my friends think I'm really morbid. Like, my, like Lauren, who co-hosts the podcast with me, she's like sunshine and she loves well, I love musicals, but she loves like all things like comedies and all of that. Mm. My favorite show in the world is The Handmaid's Tale. Um, okay. I know it's really dark and a bit depressing, but I just think it's so beautifully written and shot. And it's like all about like feminism and it's set in this kind of like dystopian world where women are just kind of vessels for fertility. And like, I just, I think it's just a great show. <laughs> Thank you for listening and thank you, Laura, for joining me. If you enjoyed the episode, I would love you to subscribe to the podcast on whichever platform you're using and you can leave a rating and a review as well. I will not be saying see you next week because this is in fact the end of the series, but thank you so much, so, so much for listening along and can't wait to be back with you soon. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.